Hi, this is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And part two of uh, seven basic stories. We, we ended last episode with a sort of romp through uh, rags to riches. And uh, previous to that, there was a, a large segue that was connected with, with writing, with the mind, specifically the mind of the, of the writer. And uh, the first type of story was overcoming the monster. And I got into talking about these archetypes of uh, storytelling. And it's got a flavor, a Jungian flavor, uh, to these uh, divisions. I was talking about how there's a a kind of wholeness, uh, a unity of story, and then uh, these are divided up. I brought up the monomyth, Joseph Campbell's um, proposed hero's journey that is seen in a lot of uh, world mythology. And so we'll be getting into more of that with uh, talking about uh, today, this episode, talking about the quest and uh, the journey in return. So, looks like sort of like they're doing some kind of construction or seems like they're finished but I guess they're putting the final touches on this sort of sci-fi looking building I'm close to a main street right now and let's see just to talk a bit more about uh, rags to riches, I mentioned uh, the goddess uh, Fortuna that I found inspiring. There was this medieval picture. She's there um, dressed in silver. She has a silver veil. And... <clears throat> There's this sense of mystery, you know, that we don't know, uh, we don't know who this person is. I was just thinking of the, um, uh, other, other types of, uh, veils that, uh, like say that there's a, a figurative veil, like a veil of silence, or a... <clears throat> A veil of secrecy, and and both of this these are suggested in the in the, 
that image of, uh, of the wheel of fortune. So she's standing beside this wheel, and on the wheel there's these figures. Uh, at the bottom is uh, a beggar, and at the top is a, a king. And it's almost the same um, person, you know, this rise and fall. And we see the, the rising of the wheel. I think it's on the left side of the wheel uh, is rising. And then to the left and then on the right, it's falling. And I can remember I was watching a sci-fi show. I want to say that it was... Uh, I want to say that it was Firefly, this western in space, but but I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I just I remember there was a, a kind of a villain, uh, not a full-on villain. Uh, so another morally ambiguous gray character. Uh, who, who states that uh, they don't want to be rising and falling on the wheel of fate, that they want to be on the hub, that that's the place to be, this kind of changeless center. Uh, <clears throat> and I've, I find myself contemplating that in writing, why, why do we have these notions of success and failure? Uh, th- there is a kind of success and failure, but say, there's these limitations that are, that are imposed. And perhaps without those, let's say we wouldn't have definition. You know, we wouldn't be able to tell one thing from another. But uh, that, that character who talks about being at the hub of the wheel, uh, say, I didn't even consider that position. And two, on the illustration, it's, it, there's no figure who stands in the middle, I think, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's a figure that stands outside, and there's an argument there for uh, a masculine versus a feminine, perhaps a hand that rocks the cradle. But even there, it, that's so uh, black and white, as far as, say, uh, gender roles go. I have met amazing fathers who are maternal, and I have met uh, terrible mothers who are. Uh, paternal and vice versa like to, to say <laughs> that it, it's, I should I want to continue and say I've met uh, paternal mothers who are wonderful and I've met uh, maternal fathers who are terrible there we go a greater sense of balance now yeah so I've met all kinds uh, and 
it's it's always more interesting to read when a, a character is not so one-dimensional that they have more notes in their arsenal uh, you know they they don't play just one kind of music right uh, they they do uh, jazz but they also do trance <laughs> um, all right rags to riches one thing I'm thinking is that these these are also tropes they're not just types of stories but they are tropes uh, within storytelling and a big a big hope and a big desire uh, as far as myself while editing is how to uh, how to make fresh uh, even even just on the small level of looking at a overused phrase like uh, to be or not to be which is in reference to Shakespeare Hamlet but it's been said so many times how you know how can you flip it and then at the same time uh, not lose your audience that's that's not the best example but with fresh writing you're, you're looking say at idioms uh, phrases that are overused and perhaps even phrases that are uh, as you're going through editing you're looking for like say rags to riches even everybody knows that but say how about you uh, you change it up you know maybe contemporize and uh, you know today it's not about rags uh, here I would say that most places where there were rags now, it's, um, would, you, would you say second-hand, right? Would you say thrift store something? And then, you know, riches. How would you make that contemporary? And, uh, flip it around for fresh writing. Uh, in my own experience, I have, I have a kind of rags to riches. Uh, my family was in the uh, uh, the hippie scene, and so there was uh, a question of materialism, and it seemed like you know everybody was an artist. Everybody could be creative. <laughs> there's this, there's this wonderful uh, info, not an infographic, but almost like a uh, uh, what is it called? Not cuneiform. Uh, anyways, it's a symbol on a poster, and it has a, uh, an a animal crouching, and, and there's a little plop of something behind it, and then there's a circle. This is all in red with a slash through it. 
then underneath it says Baggett. And uh, I just love it. I, I, it's fresh. I've never seen that poster. It looks like it's not entirely new, but for me it's fresh. And it gets a bit weird with all of that because um, I'll go for a walk and then there'll be these small tiny little signs like they were made by fairies or elves and tiny little signs that have on them will say things like um, you know actual notes letters saying you know please don't do this the size of a post-it note somebody's you know put that on there and then uh, on a popsicle stick uh, it seemed like everywhere where there had been some poop, you know, there had, there was this sign, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was talking about graffiti a little bit, and there's a bit of rags to riches there, uh, it's tempting to think that the people who are, who are doing the graffiti are involved in rags, or say that are younger, uh, not necessarily so. You know, there are uh, old people older that uh, do uh, graffiti. Moss, how do you know such things? <laughs> I've been around. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was I was always on the fringes of of that scene, but I knew people who were uh, into it, and also. Uh, they were artists, so they were kind of straddling, and they were quite interested in this, in the idea of a, of a broader canvas, and say taking street art, uh, and translating it into art gallery art, and so rags to riches. Uh, yeah, so I, I have experienced that. I'm sure uh, many people experience it sometime in their life, or say they, they know someone who's had a reversal of fortune. Uh, in my own experience, I haven't been able to shake all of that, or say, leave it all behind, remnants of it, uh, follow myself and my community and not not like uh, not like a war, say where you come back from something and you've been affected, but uh, more more just say um, a lifestyle, right? That you're trying to get out of, and even though you're out of it, you're still it's still um, in your brain. And to for me, that happened when I was a kid. And so those those moments are deeply ingrained, and I have I have empathy, but I also have uh, there's there's also kind of a it's it's an odd thing, sort of displeasure. I have a displeasure, and when I see it happening and people sort of acting out my childhood and arguing that it's a better way, and and just I feel like saying, listen, you middle-class punk, <laughs> you, you don't have any idea 
Uh, so that's that's a personal rags to riches kind of uh, kind of moment. <clears throat> and I I find in my writing that I'm also tackling that, and that's part of the whole symptoms versus the cause. Uh, really, really, that's a it's a horror story when you get into that because you're you know you're not being content with the external these things happening uh people uh, yeah just the other day people sleeping on the street I was downtown and doing my thing and you know there's people sleeping on the street it's winter we have shelters uh we have uh low income housing that's just been built uh and these people don't feel safe in the shelters and they haven't been able to connect and make it happen. And, and too, you can go deeper into that, but there's a very real-world uh, application to, to that type of story. And rags to riches just, just doesn't sell it. You know, it doesn't... Uh, I would like to read a rags to riches where it gets into the cause of the symptoms. Uh, these people are sleeping in the street. You know, what's the cause of that? Uh, and it's 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 a tough thing. I don't know about for you, but it's a tough thing for me to approach these people and to comprehend the, their story and uh, what is it uh, if, if you've sort of uh, known somebody or are somebody uh, say in your community that's dealing with some form of uh, addiction whatever it is that I think it's that the most you can do is an intervention where you're sort of shocking the person, you know, and you're, you're just pushing everything aside and saying, look, we know what you're up to. We care about you. We would like you to tackle this, stop hiding from it, you know, deal with the cause of what's happening to you, you know, and stop pissing around with the um, symptoms, and uh, that's uh, let's say you can't make a person change. You can invite them to. Um, it's tough because what is it? You know, a person a person that's in the grip of the thing that they've got to make those choices, and they're very difficult choices. There's a reason why they are engaging in the uh, in the addiction. And I'm I'm hoping that we get better at it as a, at it as a society. <laughs> this is this is a long and lengthy. It's it's getting beyond. I think the just talk about story. Ah, uh, okay. So we have. 
um, yeah, we, to show the character is worth caring about, uh, we show that you know they they do things that show that they are um, redeemable, they are a good person, and Chekhov, the playwright, uh, he suggested pet the dog, and that's where we get save the cat, which is a screenwriting manual that's very worth taking a look at. It has yet another sort of uh, angle or perception of story structure. And and then I, I believe I mentioned the, the villain was also uh, instead of pet the dog, it's kick the dog. Instead of uh, save the cat, it's uh, <clears throat> not save the cat. And it's subtle manipulation. It doesn't have to be a dog or a cat. It can be uh, it could be an old person. It could be uh, someone someone who requires assistance. Who's uh, someone who requires assistance? Someone who's not uh, sort of like little little subtle things, like giving up a seat on the bus, uh, helping someone cross the walk. You know, those all all are suggestions. I, I love the moment when, say, somebody's trying to help, like a, a little old lady cross the walk, and she's fine. She struggles and says, "No, it's okay." And then the person insists, and, and it's sort of they, showing, I, I'm a good person. And so uh, they, they sort of force, force the event to happen, and the, the little old lady is hitting them with a cane. It would be interesting in uh, the case of Rags to Riches if it was... If, if, if to show that this was a good person, that we have them, uh, say, handing out food or working at a shelter, uh, something along those lines. That, And perhaps there's a whole story of there of why they're doing it, right? That they have this huge empathy because perhaps it happened to them, so they, they know what it's like. And they, they've made it their life's purpose, right? It def- that defines them. Uh, there's also a question there of, um, just personally, what makes a good person versus a bad person. Perhaps uh, they were a, a quote-unquote bad person, and in order to flip that, they've decided to, to help the poor. Now I'm imagining a story where we have somebody uh, with wealth who... Uh, has has the fall, uh, let's say at the beginning, that um, you know they're rich, uh, or you know whatever, uh, but that they have this ego and that they define themselves by people who are poor, that sort of like you know, well I'm not them and oh they're so lazy and so on and so forth, and then and two, uh, revealing that they're not a nice person, you know that say. Uh, you know, they're married, they have a family, but we just, we see them say they're, uh, 
they don't care about that. And they... Um, it's, it's, it's basically setting up the loss of everything. Quote-unquote everything. Because it's not everything. But it's, it's the loss of all this stuff that means nothing. And... Like, say, the, the trappings of a family, right? Uh, if, it, if, it's, if it's a real family, it would survive. If there was this compassion and so on and so forth, it would survive. It would, it would rise to the challenge. But in the, in the example I'm giving, we are shown, you know, this guy is a horrible jerk. He's, like, say, maybe the CEO, and he you know, abuses and mistreats people in order to define himself as superior. And then at home, he, you know, there is no family in truth. But, you know, there's this kind of illustration. And, uh, you know, he's abusing these people as well. And, oh, I've just walked, oh, it's, I've just walked up a dead end. But uh, there's Ali, so put on your Ali goggles and prepare for a, a transition. A little segue. Okay. So there's some there's some rags to riches, and and as I said before, it it doesn't have to be about uh, money, you know, it, it's something of desire that's that's lost through through her adventures. Uh, Cinderella has in the Disney version. She has uh, awesome animal uh, friends and helpers, and she has a, a fairy godmother. How cool is that? You know. Uh, Something I was thinking about was the the two, the two phrases uh, "live to work," which is to me it brings up notions of slavery, where your whole life is about a job, you know, and you know you're that cubicle person, and not in a good way. I, I'm sort of thinking of that some people, you know, love love their job, they love being in the cubicle. They, um, for whatever reason, it, it leaves them fulfilled. And so that's live to work, the workaholic, I guess, versus uh, work to live, that you do your job so that you can go on this adventure, that life is your adventure. You know, and you, you, know, you put in some hours, but it doesn't define you and it doesn't limit you. And... Uh, the resources that it creates, it actually, um, you know, invigors, inspires, and what's an example? I think, say, you know, a, a writer, you know, that you have your day job, you know, and then you have your night job as Batman, or um, uh, who would it be? I'm trying not to advertise, but I've already advertised. <laughs> I've sold out. Uh, let's let's say Captain Marvel, right? 
know, this uh, this new avenue of herodom that has happened. It's interesting too. Captain Marvel has has been around. Uh, I remember having this Captain Marvel comic back book back when it was, you know, a male uh, Captain Marvel, and it was Marvel, who was an alien. I think that he originally he was a a Kree warrior, and the Kree uh, fought against the Skrull, who we have yet to experience in uh, the Marvel movies. Hopefully, too, we will get Skrull, because I've been going, this is a perfect opportunity for Skrull, but, uh, but no. Uh, so what's that? That was the segue. Uh, Rags to Riches summing it up. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be about money. It could be about love. It could be sort of, say, where you have the love, then you lose the love. Uh, and don't get me started on love. You know, I, uh, I have a big beef with the word because, you know, say people, you know, use it for four different things. And, you know, oh, I love my friends. Do you? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so rags to riches doesn't have to be, uh, it's, it's not just about money. It's, it's say, it's a structure of, uh, gaining and losing and gaining and hopefully there's a transformation uh, in there somewhere. Okay. Uh, right, right. Odd, odd situation, say, uh, I've had my debut, uh, book done, and I have something that I would argue most people haven't experienced. It's, it, this is, it's not a huge thing, like, it's not, like, a New York bestseller, and... There, there still is the potential uh, of that happening. Um, you know, say down down the road, it, it's it could turn into something, but it's kind of like say uh, milestones, stepping stones. Um, but I also look at it and I go, oh wow, it's actually happened. Like I even now I'm I'm using the event. Uh, and to you know, say if you're if you're self-publishing, that's an accomplishment. You've done something that most people are not going to do. You made a book, you got it out there. Uh, regardless of how good it is, right? Somebody's going to read it. Uh, and I I say that that's a stepping stone, and and what I, I I'm going for that. There's a rags to riches in there, or or the grass is greener. I think somebody's mowing their mowing their lawn during the winter. Oh no, it's a leaf blower. My understanding is that you don't want to leave the leaves on the lawn because they're acidic. I think like when they decompose, they actually 
burn the, uh, the grass. They make it difficult for the grass to grow. That's my understanding. So there's a reason for raking the leaves. Why not just leave them there? <laughs> but the grass is greener. And like say, right now, I'll, I'll get kind of mopey and I'll, I'll go, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm not, you know, such and such a, a writer that has been working for the past, I don't know, 40 years, you know, has been publishing and doing short stories. And, uh, but, but even now, even still, with like a small success, you know, I'm still, the grass is greener. The grass is not green enough, right? My grass must be more green. And that takes, yeah, that takes uh, pressure, but it takes time as well. I had, uh, I had a couple, <laughs> I, I had a couple uh, indie, indie publishers uh, attempting to do trying to decide whether it was a hard sell or a soft sell uh, on me and uh, I think it, I think it was more along the lines of a soft sell like it wasn't a straight up uh, uh, buy my book uh, but it was two of them to working together right it was uh, you know buy his book right buy her book something like that almost it was sort of couched and uh, but I could I could see the the desire slash desperation slash um, the drive to uh, to make this happen. Huh? That's that's weird. I just I got sort of I got a little bit uh, turned around, and uh, but I've got time. I got time. Seem to be bumping into busy intersections, streets uh, in the last couple of days, sort of off track of my usual. It's it's the Crow Brothers, and their their new top twenty single. It's so crowded. So apparently the difference between crows and ravens are ravens will do one large or loud caw and then crows will do a number of smaller, uh, like the repetition. That's one way to tell them. I'm just curious because for a number of reasons. We have crows here uh, and in Vancouver and we have... But there's also a First Nations character called Raven. And apparently we have ravens as well. So I'm, I'm on the lookout. The ravens are apparently larger. And they, they have a different... Uh, something different about their wings or something. Back on track. So that's... That's a sort of, I guess, a good summing up of rags to riches and I'll just check the the next on the list 
which is... Uh, so we've done Overcoming the Monster rag, uh, Rags to Riches. Now it's the quest versus the voyage. Uh, in uh, the list of examples that I saw, the quest, uh, there's the obvious, which is you're on a quest to find something. Uh, a word that comes to mind I think it's from film. It might be also television, but uh, in in screenwriting, it's MacGuffin, and uh, the MacGuffin is is the object of desire. It it's it's not actually the story itself. Uh, I'm not saying that quite right. Say, the, 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 the story, the plot is happening, and say, uh, you know, Indiana Jones uh, and the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that, which seems like a wonderfully long title now that I, now I'm thinking about it. But, uh, you know, they're, they're all searching for something. But the, um, yeah, so they're searching for something. And it's, it's their interactions, the characters, that makes the story. And, and it's just obt- obtaining this item uh, that, that, is, that is the quest. There's a question there. Uh, another one that's been kicking around for a while is uh, King Arthur. And I saw the most recent uh, version. I think Jude Law was in it. But there was a kind of... Um, for me, there was like a quiet desperation as it was going on. And... kept wondering uh, why. <laughs> why why are we doing this and why are we doing it this way and is this fresh and there, there were things going on that were uh, what's the word for it uh, uh, ana, anachronism anachronism there were things going on that it, it just for me, didn't feel like it fit, and one of the first interpretations I saw was in cinema was Excalibur, and the, the quest that's going on with King Arthur is for the Grail. There's actually a couple quests. One of them is um, pulling the lands together. So having, you know, a number of kingdoms uh, under one king. So unifying this uh, England, basically. Even though it's a Welsh story. Stop it, Moss. <laughs> Stop messing with my mythology. But check that out. It's, uh, I think it's the Mabnagonian. It's uh, 
It's from Wales, and that's where we get this uh, mythology from. And it's there's stuff going on in the Mamnagonian that is uh, so it just adds another layer. That's that's an example. Why aren't we doing the Mamnagonian? And why aren't we going for really something that is more Celtic, right? Instead of this, uh, really it's Dark Ages kind of stuff. It's post-Roman and connecting King Arthur to this, uh, to the Romans. And... <laughs> So, a quest. A tribe called Quest. Uh, Joseph Campbell's monomyth, The Hero's Journey. Uh, I want to say it's a quest. It's, but say, it could be where there's uh, an item obtained, perhaps one wasn't setting out to obtain it. But that's one part of Joseph Campbell's interpretation is that there's this elixir, which could be more than just, say, elixir, which is a potion. It could be a magic item. It could be a a plant, as it is in Gilgamesh. Though ultimately for Gilgamesh, it's... it's, uh, it's about the, this civilizing. He returns civilized. And it's about this civilizing act and the story. Uh, he brings the story with him. And I think it's the, that the, the story itself is the elixir for Gilgamesh. Because people, people hear the story and there's a, it sort of assists them on their journey, their life's journey what this is all about, you know, why can't I just be uh, wild, chaotic, and passionate, why do I have to rein myself in and uh, participate? <laughs> uh, quest. So, the, the quest is different from the journey. The, the quest is about obtaining something whereas the journey it's, it's about leaving and then returning home or say you know the setting up of a, of a new home if you're talking about these Trojan journeys like uh, Aeneas or uh, the Odyssey not so much the Odyssey so where, where you might have journeys, like Lord of the Rings, uh, you also have uh, a quest. And, and there you have a, a fusion of two types of stories that are merging together. The quest and the Lord of the Rings is all wrapped up with the ring. And, you know, delivering the ring. And uh, keeping it out of the hands of the, the Dark Lord. And so that's the quest part of it, whereas the, the journey is where we go through 
uh, we you know, walk through a part of Middle Earth, uh, and then uh, we return to the Shire, uh, and and that would be the the journey aspect of it. And there you have a fusion of, of two two types of uh, stories. I think that that's where people would have trouble with uh, cat- these categories. You know, they'll bring up stories right away and say, but isn't Lord of the Rings this and that? <clears throat> uh, my mind is uh, going for this talk I saw. It was this comic book talk. Uh, I think it was called Library Con and it was awesome and they did uh, they had panels with graphic uh, it was it was it seemed like it was mostly writers of uh, I could be wrong there just but it, they they were talking about story and Uh, the the closing, the opening and the closing were the best parts for me. Uh, these um, uh, almost like say lectures, and the closing was talking about Captain Marvel, the new Captain Marvel, and that it was a journey. The writer went on a journey with the character, and it was a woman's journey. And women were writing in, uh, say, like at the back of a comic book. They have a section for letters to the editor. And uh, they, were, they were getting these letters saying, this is my journey, right? This is not just a comic book. This is my story, right? You know, I'm living it. I'm, I'm getting something that's helping me uh, to continue So there's a journey, uh, but there's a quest. I, I just read a quote today from, uh, I think it was from The Hero's Journey, or sorry, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is Joseph Campbell's, where Joseph Campbell is talking about the monomyth and the hero's journey. And he, he, was, he, was t- he was talking about writers, I think specifically, but say... Uh, artists and that our our job is, is to bring people to uh, the best part of themselves to remind them and to reveal um, you know to, to take them on that journey uh, but also that we get to go on that journey so I was reminded of uh, this writer that worked on uh, the new Captain Marvel. And so there's a, there's a couple things going on with the, the quest. Like, say, right now I'm arguing that the ultimate purpose of the quest, and this is going back to Jungian uh, interpretation, and say if we were looking at this as a dream and going... 
this story is, you know, it's the author. But also that it's the author as a representative of their culture, uh, their tribe, uh, their... Um, it's a representative of their civilization. And that the stories, the story and the stories uh, woven together are... Um, that that's what actually the quest is about and actually the journey is about. It's about uh, finding oneself, which is... that's la- lamely... I say lamely, tossed around. Uh, It's a phrase, but it's serious business. I suspect it gets even more serious as one goes along. It's serious to me, and I'm not speaking about the um, identity. There is an element. I I mean, identity is more on the outside, uh, but that the the quest, it is a quest for, in, in the Jungian interpretation, it's a quest for self, with a capital S. And an argument comes up with, uh, within spirituality and the supernatural and religion that... Uh, the, 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 the self is it almost say re, is reaffirming and saying that the self is a psychological uh, experience and that's, that's where I align myself to uh, that you know say that I, I, can, I can do that you know I, I whereas say with uh, if I was talking about religious belief or the supernatural, that I would lose people, right? And whereas with uh, the self and the psyche, right, I, I could have people go, okay, right, kind of, I could meet you, I can meet you halfway, and vice versa. I, I've met uh, people who are uh, incredibly deeply uh, religious, and yet they value. Um, psychology, say, uh, psychotherapy, uh, counseling, and um, they acknowledge this notion of, say, a center. So, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> it, it's a, it's it's a, and to I, I I ought to clarify that's my quest, right? You know, this is the best, right? beautiful that uh, that I can come up with and communicate and and why self-esteem I, I think that would be uh, just just a general uh, way to communicate it one's one's value uh, with within you know the greater community uh, as a human to sort of say, you know, like, I value you, you know, I value your experience, uh, and so on and so forth. This gets back to rags and riches, the, the poverty that a person can uh, encounter. You, you uh, are probably a first world 
you are, you know, you're living in the first world, you're having these experiences, and we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to sort of have achieved this um, elevated self-worth, and yet, they, they, you know, still, uh, in my experience, people I've known, people I've met, communicated with, you know, we're, we're still stuck, uh, in a sense, we're still doing rag, we're still living rags to riches, uh, you know, instead of just lifting everybody up into the middle in, in agreement. Uh, I don't know why we're still there, but that's, you know, that's my story, that's part of the story I'm telling, and, um, you know, my quest, and I'm, I'm sure that most people, you know, even if you've got a good uh, sense of self-esteem, that you still are conscious that there's, there's people out there who are, who, who don't, right, and, uh, it's, it's almost like, say, working on a template, uh, sort of coming up with, coming up with something, you know, just to get everybody up to 50%. And two, you can, you can carry that out into, um, into the, you know, instead of the psychological, it could be put uh, outside into the quote-unquote real world. Uh, let's see. The quest. So, I've, <laughs> I've gone into... Uh, I've touched a bit on the journey, uh, but I guess, too, a good, a good question would be, uh, what is your quest as a writer? What, what is it that, that you are after? You know, um, I think another term for the the elixir was the, the ultimate boon uh, for Joseph Campbell. You know what? It's the ultimate. It's the uh, par excellence. It's the most important thing. And so, what, you know, what is that for you? Uh, what is the bliss that you're following, that you're in pursuit of? And uh, and too that that gets that gets deeply personal, right? You're not all of a sudden you're not just telling stories, right? You're telling your story, but you're telling our story, and you know that's a that's a beautiful place, a very scary place, but it's uh, it's it's worth it. Uh, it's empowering, and it, it's also you're helping people, the people who pick up that story. Uh, some of them, you're, you know, you're throwing a, a line, you're throwing a uh, life preserver, you're giving them something that perhaps they've never thought about, or not, you know, nobody has said it quite that way, uh, so say, you know, you're taking them on a journey, and taking, you know, taking them somewhere, and it's a really great place. Thanks for listening.